When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Jim Taddy here. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to Leaf Sky Episode 35, Season 2. The offseason is here for everyone. Of course, the Leafs offseason started a while ago, and we'll get into that. Before we get going anywhere, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down at all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options look like they're endless, because they are. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. The promo code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. And, well, you know, we'll ask the question later on, is this a crucial offseason for the Leafs? Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, so many spinning plates here. I don't know exactly how all this works out, but means for great conversation, including this one with David Alter from the Nation Network. So, David, obviously a big couple of weeks ahead with the draft just around the corner, and, of course, free agent frenzy will start in a week's time, just as an overview, I mean, how would you sort of approach this summer for the Leafs? Because I, I think it's sort of a normal off season for the Leafs in that it's either you have to do everything or nothing. It's kind of a weirdo setup that way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's very much the same in terms of trying to find pieces around their core and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, in, in some ways it's different too, because uh, the number one goaltending spot hasn't been this unstable in quite some time. And I know that's something that we haven't said a lot about the Maple Leafs pre-2016 when they got Frederick Anderson. Uh, that was certainly the case. The goaltending positions seem to always be not so stable. But 
Um, you know, last year it was get some depth in goal. This year it's who's going to be the main guy stopping pucks. So um, it's different in that regard. Uh, and then um, very little cap space to deal with it. So so it is it is a lot of the same. You're right about that in terms of trying to find the depth pieces. But, um, you know, that, that question and goal is certainly one that's kind of looming. And then how the Leafs kind of build around that is is what makes this particular offseason very interesting. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Freddie Anderson because when he was first brought in, it was a pretty good deal. Um, and so you're looking for somebody like that, somebody who has potential and uh, and some sort of term. Anything else is sort of a Band-Aid, which really it gets sort of revisited on a yearly basis, which I don't think works here. No, it doesn't. But um, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, I, I keep trying to talk to people around the league and, and experts and trying to get a sense of, of where the Leafs are at when it comes to the goaltending position. And, you know, the, 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 the big one is Peter Morazic, right? He's got two more years, 3.8 million uh, cap hit and, and had a, a terrible year, but you know, it, it, it doesn't sound like the urgency to move them is as strong as people think, even though it probably should in terms of alleviating cap space and, and trying to find a sweetener and, and all those kind of things. But, you know, the Leafs seem to be that team that are kind of built around if the goaltender is not going to be among top five in the league, then, you know, you give your goaltenders, you know, a couple mil and play the tandem style. And and they can kind of point to someone like a Darcy Kemper in terms of the type of goaltending and the save percentage he had in the playoffs as, I guess, proof of that, that if you have a good enough team in front of you that the goaltending can just kind of be good and slightly above average and get you to the promised land. So uh, it's interesting. Like uh, I I think the goaltending situation is just going to be one of those things where whatever they do decide to get, it's not necessarily going to be the game changing solution. It's not going to be a guy who's going to be the top five or 10 in the league. It's kind of going to be more of the same uh, and, and, they're just going to have to roll with it. It's going to be quite telling. It'll be, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, it all sounds precarious and I'm sure you've got a couple of scenarios in mind. I mean, one is with Morazic and, and one is without, but is Campbell in this at all in your mind? I, I don't see that. No. Um, all indications are that, you know, the dialogue between the club and, and Kurt Overhart, uh, his agent has been, there's been dialogue, but there hasn't been any sort of hard numbers thrown around about trying to stick around. And I mean, it's tough. I, I've been saying this since the offseason began. Look at last year, what Linus Allmark got in Boston and when Cal Peterson got in Los Angeles. And those numbers started with a five. And you look at someone like Jack Campbell now, who's 30, and a late bloomer in the NHL perhaps his last chance to really cash in and enough teams looking for an upgrade in goal, uh, then, you know, I, I don't see a situation where the Leafs are willing to go that high. I think five, five was the, the stumbling block for Zach Hyman. And look, I mean, it's a different position, but the, the issues were the same. They just don't have that money to allocate to that position. And unless it's someone who is a game changer at that, but even then they wouldn't accept that cap hit. So, so yeah, it's, it's looking like he's probably going elsewhere and the Leafs will look at the other UFAs that are out there and perhaps try to get somewhere in that mid to high threes for another goalie, similar to what they're paying for Morazic, 
just to kind of go depth in tandem and expect that if Morazic is still on the roster, that he's going to have more than 18 starts or whatever. I think it was 12, six and Oh, I know he had more appearances, but however many games he played because of the groin injury that he had three times. Yeah. And there's no word if they did surgery or anything on that, is there? No. Well, I mean, he was already working out back with the team in the first round of the playoffs and, and was just getting ready to be the backup again should the Leafs had had gone beyond that. So it didn't seem like it was anything that required that. Um, and, you know, with groins, it's, it, it's unless it's like a complete tear, it's not something you usually get surgery for. You kind of let heal on its own. And, and if you do go through the, the whole different thing, then that's going to put someone like that on the shelf for for at least part of the year. And then we're talking about someone like Mrazic and LTI, and then the Leafs have a different kind of opportunity opened up that way. So, so it wasn't really one of those, but uh, yeah, I mean, unless there's a sweetener or, 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 or the Leafs can still buy them out. The buyout period is still open. If they feel that that's the issue, that's, that's an option they could still utilize between now and the end of the first buyout window. Yeah, it's just a it's it's an odd situation for them. They got caught. Uh, they've got a number of guys developing in their system. Uh, this doesn't really speak to a developing goaltender promotion situation, but they're just sort of caught in the middle here, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, look, it's I've called for. I had an article, I guess, toward the end of the season, or or when the reports came out that Steve Briere was let go and they were reevaluating the goaltending position. That I didn't feel that the front office had someone who has goaltending having an equal say in terms of the makeup of how they build a team. And that's not just a Leaf problem. That's a lot of teams are like that. A lot of scouts are like that. When they look at positions and what they kind of value, you know, there's always this belief that if you're, if your forwards are, are, are top shelf, your defense is top shelf, and the goaltending is good enough, then that's going to be enough to, to get the job done. But you're seeing what we saw in the playoffs with someone like an Igor Shesterkin about how really good goaltending can kind of take you really far. Tampa, as good as they were, Andre Vasilevsky was that that reason they went to a third consecutive cup final, really. Like if you look at some of the performances he put out. And the Leafs, you know, I, I feel they could take a page from from somewhere else where you know, get someone who's a, a, an elite goaltending mind and make them a director of goaltending. Like, I like what Florida did with Roberto Longo, who's an assistant GM, but also director of goaltending. And, and that allows for that position to at least have some strength of say in terms of how the team is built, whether it actually works in practice, who knows. But at least it... You know, you have that part in the conversation. You have that different mind. Of the four major sports in North America, when you look at things analytically, it's the only one where there's two games going on at the same time and that you have to mesh the two together. And and, and I don't feel the Leafs really have developed goaltending to the point where that's been the proper equation. And that's not this regime's fault. That's been an issue for the Leafs for the last 20-odd years if not more so. Well, you know, in effect, when, when you go back over leaf history, there's, there's voids. Uh, one of the voids is developing, drafting and developing your old goal, your own goaltender, which would be Reimer and Felix Botvan and, and yep. not my, you know, obviously Reagan and Bester earlier, but I mean, you know, you're talking about a lack of quality that doesn't match up 
with other NHL teams during that time. And that's a significant sample size. Yeah, look, it's uh, you've you've got to make it a place to develop. Like you've got to, you know, some might pe- some people might say they're on they're they're not really lucky, right? Like, um, you know, they did have Tuka Rask, and we all know what happened there. They drafted yeah. him in the first round, and it was a it was a great selection. But they traded him to Boston because they felt at that time that Justin Pogi was their answer in terms of their prospect goaltending depth, right? So, yeah, so there, wow. there 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 was that. Um, but you know, there's also developing those guys, you know, that could have worked out differently if they had a different development place in there. And they've tried to add Francois Lair, who, who is still like, you know, I, I talked about that director of goaltending. That's, that's someone who Roberto Luongo hired to be a goalie coach in Florida. And that's still elite mind. The Leafs have tried to do things in a certain way where for one reason or another, all things together didn't work out. So I think they need to kind of revisit it, have someone who's an established goaltending mind and allow that person to build a team and then they can work with the goalies and and not just have like, well, we'll just pick out this guy and that guy. And then, uh, you know, if, if we get this goalie, we'll let him pick whoever he wants and who he's most comfortable with. Like, you know, the, the most telling thing to me was when I remember – uh, when we had a scrum with Sheldon Keith once and earlier in the season, I was asking him something about goaltending. He's, you know, he's like, goaltending is just this other thing, and I just let the goal goalie coach deal with it and just let them do what their mind is to kind of get ready. I mean, that's all well and good, but you really you, you you want your head coach to have some sort of understanding of what's going on there too, and not just think because it's a different game, I don't want anything to do with it. That that to me seems it, it seems a little too distant. Well, and they have all those prospects. I think their prospect pool and goaltending five or six deep, and they're all sort of at various stages of uh, minor pro development. But but you need somebody to take that forward. Otherwise, you're just you're wasting assets. Let's move to other parts of the team um, up front. They've got to do some significant changes, don't they? You mean in terms of their their core forward group, or even the depth middle six? Well, the depth. I mean, I, I when I look at the third and fourth lines and based on how Tampa and Colorado looked at that same position, as much as we liked what they had last year, they have to, they've got to do a, a renovation there. Yeah. So the, the number one thing I think in terms of building depth around their core, uh, they need, they need to develop a real fourth line. And what I mean by that is not have guys who, were higher up in their career, skilled guys that are trying to stick around and kind of adjust their game to, to be further down. But I mean, guys who are real fourth line energy guys that, that have been this for much of their career and can kind of get the job done that way. So is, is that looking at the free agent market? You know, like there's guys like Darren Helm uh, and JT Comfer who are, who have been talked about as guys who, you know, well, I mean, it's recent sample size, but look around at what Tampa did, right? They, they found guys that have managed to uh, be in that first round, beat the Leafs out when it came to the depth, not the top two lines, but the, the fourth line, the fourth line was really what got the job done. So, that's tough because the way the Leafs committed themselves in terms of their stars, it doesn't leave a lot of money for those positions. And so while we lauded them for getting guys like Jason Spezza at minimum contracts and being able to do those things, is it the best fourth line? It, it hasn't proven as such. 
So they really have to figure out how they're going to go about doing that. And um, the other thing in that regard is they, they, they got to get more of an edge in that position, like get some real mean guys, like mean guys who are not just there to make the stars feel good and protected, like guys who are just, uh, you know, get them. They have some skill and speed to them, but like some fear, some real sandpaper there. I think it was missing. Not saying like someone like a Wayne Simmons didn't have that, but uh, I mean, guys who've been that for their career and have not necessarily swung to the top six as well. So uh, I think that's that's kind of what they really need in that regard. And look, I mean, it's not something that a lot of teams are looking for that you know, they might have some money and space there, but again, cap is going to be an issue for that. And that's, that's, if I'm saying that a lot, it's because it's going to be. Yeah. I think as we speak, it's what 6.4 is what they have. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to get creative and, and find some, and I'm sure they will. Um, I sort of look at what they did last summer. That was pretty creative in terms of adding some wingers. They're going to have to do that. Plus and in my opinion, the third and fourth line has to be full of these guys that create their own space. And I'm talking fighters, I'm talking guys that play aggressive, forechecking, aggressive defensive hockey. Six guys. Well, you got you have camp, so I need five others really to make that work for me. They need they need guys who are like a little bit like Zach Hyman earlier in his tenure with the Maple Leafs, right? Right, like he was. Yeah. And remember, even in even toward the end, even though they were using him on the first lot first line, and he's been doing it again with Edmonton with success their ideal spot for him was on that checking third line with Mikheyev. And I don't remember who the other guy was. Engvall was there sometimes, but um, they really liked Hyman with Mikheyev on the third line. Um, and um, that, that, that's that third line just because the drive train and the Connor Browns, who was also a third line guy for the Maple Leafs are the guys that they don't have anymore because these are the guys they just always felt they can kind of continue to cycle and develop and get them cheap where the core guys are the guys who we need to get paid. And uh, now these guys are, are blossoming in the NHL, like in further in their career. And, and uh, the Leafs depth in terms of their draft picks is just not what it used to be. So yeah, they really have to kind of go out and, and, and survey the market and it's going to be a little bit more expensive to get these guys because yeah, there's minimum guys out there, but that's not how you're going to be able to build a team. It's going to be a real challenge. Who's going to take that next step up? They're hoping Pierre Engvall made a big step in terms of being a regular third-line guy like that who can bring all those elements to the game and, and be aggressive on that four-check. So we'll see. It's uh, it's going to be tough. But, yeah, um, you know, as the cap goes up, maybe the Leafs find some sort of solutions there. I mean, it's a daunting task, really. The shopping list is long. The cap space is six point four million. So I, th- I think job one would be find bigger, f- find more cap space, right? Yeah. Well, so that's tough. Look, um, we talked about Morazic, and he's not hurt, right? The problem is right now there's there's not doesn't seem like there's going to be anyone on LTI to start the season. So they're going to be in what's called daily cap accrual mode. They can go ten percent above the cap in the off season. So they can add space that way and then kind of figure things out and do a mad scramble shuffle to trim their roster down to what what is ideal come, I guess it's going to be October 12th from what I understand, or it's around the same time as when the NHL season usually starts. And, um, and, then, and then figure things out that way. But 
yeah, it's there's not going to be a lot of space to kind of figure out what to do. And um, there's there's Pierre Engvall and uh, Andre Kasha who are eligible for salary arbitration. And you can't walk away from those deals if the award is below $4.5 million. Wow. So, so um, that's huh. that's another tricky one. Um, I actually thought there might have been guys who they just didn't tender a qualifier for that reason alone. Right. But then if that happens, a second buyout period opens. That's why they have a second one in case people are forcibly put over the cap because of arbitration awards. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm getting too deep in the weeds on numbers and how the CBA works. But um, yeah, I know, yeah. but that's a scary premise. Those two guys but, alone could bankrupt the team. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't think someone like oh, Andre Cash had a great season, but he got hurt a lot. He's certainly due for a raise of some kind, I would think. But um, Pierre Engvall, they probably get some sort of deal done with him, maybe similar to Timothy Lilligren with a modest bump for a short period of time um, and, and figure out things that way. But there's still Rasmus Sandin that they've got to figure out. And he's he's not arbitration eligible, but he's he's an RFA and they got to figure out a contract there and where he fits on the Leafs D that is full of left shot D. So um, there's a lot of questions and there's, and there's also who else you add, like who are, what's going to make this team look a lot different and should it look a lot different? Because this was a 115 point team after all in the regular season, as much as uh, people like to dismiss the regular season, they still have to get to the playoffs and they still have to be really good. And um yeah, I mean, from that standpoint, it doesn't seem like much has to be changed, but uh, maybe it still does because we saw what happened in the first round, and and uh, you wonder how, like, if that story is going to get old. I certainly thought it was old even this year, and it didn't seem to be yeah. old enough that they're they're still running it back. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's play. Yes, guy, no guy. Here we go. Yes, guy, no guy. Number one, the Leafs' goaltending solution will take some time. Uh, yes, guy, only because I think that's the answer long-term. In the short-term, I think they're going to figure out something and just kind of say, we're going with it. Whether that's the solution, I don't I don't know if it's the solution. So for that reason, I'm saying yes, guy. Yes, guy, no guy number two. The least will surprise with multiple off-season moves, probably a bigger number than most people expect. Uh, yes, guy, only because from everything I hear, there's going to be a lot of dominoes that fall. Like, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see may, maybe a couple of qualif- like offer sheets happen this year, just to, for teams that have that are flush full of cap space, figuring that this guy or that guy or whatever is, is the solution. You want to talk about an offer sheet target. I like someone like a Jake Ottinger who had a fantastic playoffs and you talk to any like gold scout of goaltending and people feel like he's, he's got the proper mindset and positional goaltending to really be a top five in the NHL. And uh, that's a franchise maker. And if, if you want to go qualify qualifying offer or offer sheet in that regard, I mean, that's a, that's a guy who is probably worth doing in that regard just because of how young he is and how much of a solution he could be. So you do one of those things, a lot of different moves can fall because all these unexpected moves happen. And for that reason, um, yes, guy. Okay, this is the sort of the contrary question, so it'll probably be a quick no guy. The Leafs actually feel they're closer than most people 
uh, would agree with and, and won't make many off-season moves. I do think that's a yes guy, too, as much as that's an off-season thing. I do think the the attitude within the club is that they are close. And I, I do think uh, that was evident by the end-of-season news conference availabilities with Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas. They just kind of seemed to... They didn't seem to be outraged about what happened. They just kind of were like, yeah, it's disappointing, but we're there. Like, or they, they, they seem to feel like, you know, they, that a lot of different things could have happened and things, forces didn't go their way and the narrative would have changed. So for that reason, their their mentality, I do think that they think they're closer than they are for sure. Okay, we'll end it on this. Yes, guy, no guy. This is a crucial offseason for this group of Maple Leafs. <sighs> You asked me that last year, <laughs> and, and then I, I was unequivocal that anything beyond the first round and there'd be changes. Uh, I mean, a major change, not the little changes that they've made. And I, I do think that's the same this year, but then I don't know what excuse they, that, that could be thrown out. They could be like, well, you know, like all three of their top guys, like three of their four core guys could be hurt and they push their first round opponents to game seven and lose and they can defend themselves on that way and then buy themselves another year. So I don't know. It's just everything is weird now where I would have thought for sure that, uh, you know, you don't get this job done and, and, and results speak louder than excuses. And that just wasn't the case this year. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, like, I, I, sorry, I, I just spun myself into what's the original question? The original question is this is the crucial <laughs> offseason. Yeah. <for> <laughs> you know, I'm saying no guy now, even though I think it should be a yes guy for all the reasons I pointed out where uh, just just like last year, I thought, you know, there was no excuses beyond what happened against Montreal and then first round exit and, and everyone's coming back and they're running it back. So I don't know. It just seems to be like you. Everyone's opinion changes depending on how you, what side of the bed you get up on. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a no guy, I guess. I'm not necessarily a yes guy, no guy, but I find myself thinking that when the 82 games start again, I'm going to look at them differently than I did last year. It's just, it's, you know, I'm just going to back off and and let it develop in front of me, as opposed to looking for the the hint or the clue that this is going to work out. Yeah, so we're trying to find out where, like, what what's the sign? I guess, I guess, yeah, the yeah the tur- be- or the TSN turning point. On a, like undisputed, undisputed breakout goaltending performance, right? Yeah, like something that's that doesn't just look like it's a mirage; that it looks like the real deal. Like yeah. whoever they pick out, like I'm throwing this out purely as a hypothetical. Okay. But say Billy Husso is the guy the Leafs end up getting in the offseason from St. Louis. And and uh, he looks like even better than he did in the regular season. And then in that first round, he ha- he allows like just one goal in the first two games and looks like the Billy Husso of the regular season and, and is and is getting all the same plaudits and and is is being well revered like any top five goalie in the league. Like you, you get a Shesterkin like performance from someone like a Huso, and, and he's really carrying them. Then that to me will be like, okay, this team can can go out and really do some damage, and and that will be the turning point for me. Uh, a real breakout goaltending turning point for me is the difference here. Yeah, looking for the guy to lead the parade again, <laughs> David. Well, thanks. Yeah. 
You know, just like the way people talked about Podvan and Joseph and Belfort in those first two rounds is is what what people are looking for in the goaltending situation in order for Leafs in order for Leafs to do a real run. Because remember, and I've said this many times, if a goaltender isn't confident, that affects the team in front oh, of you. Sure Whether they admit it or not, yeah. it affects the way they play, it affects their mindset, it affects all of those things. And and, and to me it's still number one. Absolutely. We'll end on that. David, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. You got it. And for everyone else, hope you enjoyed episode 35 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for episode 36.